All right, in three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to the Nacho Show. This is Nacho Valdez, and today we're going to talk about a fantastic topic. We're going to talk about the caca system and the influence that it has within our constitution of the United States of America. And we have a special guest today, which is Jill Coford, and will be right here today at the Nacho Show. Well, welcome, guys. Thank you so much for being here today with me. Uh, my name is Ignacio Valdez, like I said, and in the beautiful Ogden, Utah. This show is being sponsored to you by Solidify Web. Let's build a website for you today. You have an idea, you have a business, come to us, solidifyweb.com. Also, we all have another sponsor, which is Nacho Graphics. And Nacho Graphics will make your, uh, your business look fantastic with unlimited graphics for you and your business. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, and we have a special guest today. Her name is Jill Cofford. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me today. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I do apologize for the technical difficulties, but uh, we are back. And uh, um, I just, you know, first of all, you know, I, I, guys, I want to let you know that Jill Cofford, she is uh, currently running for a House uh, representative seat um, in the Utah House of Representatives. And uh, um, I, I just want to let you know, Jill, you know, just uh, I, I want to support you here, you know, through my podcast. Um, and I, I just want everybody to know that I'm very proud of uh, women, you know, running for office. Uh, I just, uh, uh, it just, uh, it's very, this is very daring to, to my heart because, um, you know, they, they already do so much at home, um, you know, taking care of children and, and dealing with husbands and things like that, <laughs> right? And uh, uh, there's so much that women go through. And now uh, Jill is running for office. Um, and and we will go ahead and just hear more about her. Uh, Jill, can you give us a little bit of your background and uh, and then we can go from there? Sure. Um, I, I grew up in Weber County, grew up actually in Ogden Canyon, um, which meant I went to school in the Ogden Valley. Uh, was great going to elementary and junior high in one building. We thought we were really wow. cool when we got the whole hallway to ourselves in junior high, although there was a kindergarten classroom at the end of the hallway. So I guess we had to share a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> and then I graduated from Weber High, um, stuck around, went to Weber State, had a great experience at Weber State. And you know, my husband and I thought our jobs were take us out of the state one day, but we managed to stay here where we love um, to work and play and, and have just made our, our livelihoods here in the Ogden area. So we've been really lucky that we never had to relocate. Um, we have children. They're um, 24, 20, and 17, and parenting adult children is a challenge. That's a new one that I didn't plan on. <laughs> They're awesome kids, and it's it's been a great ride. So um, I'm a lifelong Republican as well and have been going to caucus night, gosh, for a long time. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for that. So so what, what made you 
uh, decide uh, to run for office? Well, if I'm being candid, it was um, my husband was tired of listening to me complain and <laughs> said it's time to put my money where my mouth is or stop complaining. And I'm not one to sit down, so I wanted to throw my hat in the ring. I've been involved in the in the county party for a number of years, kind of behind the scenes, getting to know the political process. Mm-hmm. And the timing is right right now for my family, for me personally. It's a good time, and I think it's a good time to to stand up for what we truly believe in and to be a strong conservative voice in the state of Utah. And that is a fantastic decision that you made. Um, and you are definitely an example uh, to others um, that, um, you know, you know, they, they, they talk the good talk, you know, out there like, oh, yeah, we should we should do this. We should do that. But um, the topic of this episode is uh, around the caucus system. And uh, as I was mentioning um, before, you know, uh, out of out of the camera, um, is the fact that the caucus system is what gives the power to the people to actually change things. Um, you know, sometimes I, I hear that, oh, you know, I'm just l- so lazy to go to the caucus, or I'm, you know, I people will not understand me, or uh, I mean, it's okay, you know. I, I mean, going to the caucus. Uh, really means so much for our country. And now in these perilous times, it, it is um, better just to you know, get off the couch, you know, get off of Facebook and then, you know, just go and vote. Um, it, it made me really sad uh, to see that there was not very much turnout um, in, in the caucus uh, meetings that we currently had this week. Um, it, it saddens me because... Uh, you know, everybody wants to see changes, but nobody's willing to change. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a that's a valid statement. And I agree. I mean, I had friends posting on social media that there was nobody that showed up in their precincts. Um, our precinct had about maybe close to 30, between 25 and 30 people there, which, you know, in 2016, when we did the presidential primary during our caucus meetings, the room mm-hmm. was over. We had well over 100 people in the room. So, and we were in an auditorium in a local junior high. We certainly had the space to accommodate it, um, but not the turnout. And I think, I think that people don't necessarily understand the caucus system. And and there's maybe an education that needs to happen about mm-hmm. what you said, why it is so vital and so important. And and I think that every voice is important at caucus night. Right. And one thing that I was going to make a comment on, Jill, and you will definitely will agree with me with this one, is the fact that, okay, well, Utah is a very unique state and uh, um, in its majority, and I'm saying in its majority because that's how it is, um, it is uh, a, of a conservative background, yeah. Um, because uh, we, uh, you know, we all belong to um, um, a very, uh, a very concentrated uh, Christian faith, and that what makes us, um, you know, conservative. Like, you know, because I'm I'm a Latter Day Saint myself, and uh, um, you know, my my belief in God and in Christianity. Well, you know, as, as you can see here in the background, you know, he, he he's watching us. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we, we do have a firm belief 
in, in God and family and and country, and uh, we we do have those uh, those perspectives uh, in, in our lives. Now, with that being said, um, it, it definitely puts us in a spot where um, where we have to choose the right thing to do. And because of that, we have to choose the right candidate that will have those morals too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, and uh, it, um, and I, I saw lately that, uh, gosh, it's something that really got me very concerned. Um, we do have other individuals from other parties infiltrate uh, the caucus for the Republicans and uh, register as a Republican in order for them to make bad decisions or put individuals, uh, other individuals that do not have uh, or principles in office. And uh, that makes me very, very, very mad. <laughs> so um, so what do you think about that? Should, should, I, I think people should be very honest about about these things, and not just because you know we are a, a very conservative uh, state, then we're going to uh, allow those um, you know of the opposite uh, of the opposite side infiltrate or or you know or party and uh, let them you know vote for for whatever you know what I mean. So um, I saw a couple of. Um, um, of tweets out there that there were a couple of Democrat individuals that became a state delegate in the Republican party. This week? That happened? This week. Yes. Wow. Yes. And, and then that for, don't you know, don't you know how dangerous this is? You know, Democrats registering as Republicans and then, voting for the actual, I don't know. It just, uh, do you know, that's an interesting, that's interesting because with, um, with the change in the process, there are two ways to get to the primary ballot in Utah, right? Mm -hmm. There's the caucus convention system or people can gather signatures and go straight to the ballot. So it's confusing to me. I, I, I mean, I, I'm with you. Nacho, I don't understand why somebody would register as something that they don't fundamentally believe in. Um, but I would I would never personally do that because it's so dishonest, right? I'm a, I'm a Republican. I was grateful at caucus night that we read the entire Republican Utah the Utah Republican platform. It's such a good reminder that we sit down and we look at that document and we say, yeah, this is what this is what we believe as Republicans in Utah. This is what this is our <laughs> lip for our elected officials and for the decisions that we make in public policy. Um, having said that, we probably need to hold those people who are running as delegates to those same standards. And yeah. it sounds like either there weren't enough people there to, to force a vote or to have a really honest and open conversation and say, what are your principles? What are your standards? What do you believe in? Why should we trust you with this I think very sacred duty to vet our candidates as a delegate, right? You mm -hmm. have an opportunity and a responsibility as a state and, and, and county delegate to vet the candidates the best that you can, get to know them, get to know the issues, get to know, understand what they believe in. And then 
work with your neighbors and say, hey, this is the work that I've done. This is what I'm thinking. You guys, what do you think? Give me your input. I mean, really, that's the way it ought to work, right? It doesn't mm -hmm. always work that way. And clearly, if we have de Democrats that are attending caucus night and standing up and saying, I want to be a delegate, then those of us in the room need to be able to vet those people and make sure that they're that they're Republicans, right? Now, I will say that I think we need to have room in the Republican Party for all voices. I think that makes us better. I think that when we all just blindly agree and we're not willing to have the hard conversations and debate the issues, that, that that's not necessarily a good thing either, right? I think there's room for a lot of voices in the party and that we should have passionate debate and conversation and come to the best conclusions and the best answers at the end of the day. Agreed. So I agree, and it is uh, it is shameful, um, you know, um, uh, of those uh, individuals uh, to make such such decisions of uh, you know um, registering as a Republican, and I, I don't know, I, it's cheap to me. I, don't I, know. I would agree, and and the Democrats are having their caucus <laughs> night in a couple of weeks, right? So there's yeah. an opportunity to get involved if if that's where you align politically. There's an opportunity to get yeah. involved and go to a Democratic caucus night. So. Yeah. And in Utah, like you said, it's tricky. We we're a super majority here. We're not just the majority in in the in the Utah legislature. We hold a super majority as Republicans. So I don't know that we want to disenfranchise our Democratic neighbors, but but there there's a process, right? Mm -hmm. I agree. So. I agree one hundred percent. And uh, um, it, it, this is something that that we need to. Uh, gosh, uh, uh, that we as Utahns need to understand, and not just for the state of Utah. Um, it just goes for you know everybody in in our country. You know uh, to go out there and uh, um, you know make uh, good, good decisions as far as uh, um, uh, go out and and meet your candidates um, because this country is in trouble right now. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm gonna tell you something. You know, I'm I'm, I'm an immigrant. You know, I, I came here from from Mexico, um, and I was super tired of uh, of their policies, um, and all the corruption and uh, uh, all of the decisions you know made you know based uh, off of you know money or uh, a number or you know like uh, taxes being used for other things. Um, and it's definitely vis visible of what is going on right now. Um, granted, there are other things, you know, out there that are quite different, you know, from, from here is that down there, it, it's, it's funny that they stress the fact that you have to have um, a card to vote. You have to have an ID. And as long as you are 18 years old down there, first thing they're going to tell you, get, get your voter ID. That's what you're gonna do, yeah. And they even have commercials all over national TV and and, and things like that. So then, why? Gosh, it just makes me super upset. You know, why do Democrats are demonizing the fact that you have to have a voter ID in order for you to vote? And you know, when in Mexico they're like, it is your civic duty to go and get your card, but right. here's like, it's racist. I have no answer to that because you need an ID to do anything in this country. You know, on the back of my credit cards, it says CID. I don't even want to buy something at the store unless somebody verifies that that's me. And, and that's probably PTSD because I have my wallet stolen once. But, you know, 
we require an ID in this country for everything and everyone has an ID. It's not that different here. You, you turn 16, you get a driver's license. Um, if you don't get a di driver's license, many states, you turn 16, you get a state ID. That That's just how we live our lives. You have to identify yourself. I don't yeah. see that as racist or anything. I think I see that as very practical. So I can't, I can't, I don't understand it. So it's hard for me to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, and you answered that question really well, you know, and, and uh, you are, you know, you're straight ahead, you know, with, with that, because an ID is definitely necessary. Right. Right. For, for everything, you know, um, if a uh, couple's you over, then yeah, you have to show an ID. Uh, if you want to go travel, you have to show an ID. Um, Our students in el in elementary school get an ID card. My junior, you know, in junior high and high school, they get an ID card. You want to <laughs> go, I don't know, bowling at the university. You're a university student. You show them your ID card. You know, it, it, everything requires ID. I ski at Snow Basin. I, I have a picture ID <laughs> to ski at Snow Basin. I mean, even even just to recreate, right? There there are places where we need an ID. So why not protect <laughs> our most sacred obligation? voting by by showing our ID. I don't think that's a hard thing. Yeah, yeah, that, that definitely. <laughs> and it, it just drives me insane in, insane how um, the Democrats really demonize um, having an ID. But I guess, you know, that, that that's another another topic for for another another episode. Well, I think that it's really disingenuous to say that people don't know how to get an ID that that just that's just inaccurate. Right. So yeah, but but we digress. So <laughs> <laughs> that that's for sure. That's definitely for sure. So so let's talk about uh, about more uh, about the caucus system. Um, the caucus system. Um, okay. So uh, if if some of, some people in the audience do not understand what the caucus is, um, uh, is basically uh, you belong um, in in your neighborhood. Uh, you do have, and please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you, you know, so uh, you have your neighborhood, okay, let's say um, 100 individuals, okay, and your neighborhood is divided into, let's say, um, uh, you know, certain zones within your neighborhood, um, and let's say like 25, uh, you know, 25 homes, you know, and uh, within those 25 homes, you will have a one person that represents those 25 homes, those 25 voters, right? right. And then uh, with that being said, that person that gets elected in the caucus meeting um, uh, belongs, and, and also, uh, okay, so that person becomes a state delegate which uh, helps elect individuals such as yourself uh, for office, you know, uh, from uh, the House and Senate, and also at uh, uh, the county level. Okay, that that's another individual that represents, you know, like uh, or um, our founding fathers were so smart, you know, at um, uh, making this uh, real and you know building this system. So so once uh, that happens then those individuals, they have uh, the way to go ahead and elect those uh, individuals and, you know, uh, speak with the candidates and, and everything like that. And after determining, uh, you know, who is the right person to be in office, then they cast their vote 
and then that is how uh, the individuals uh, that are being represented they can cast a vote towards that and then not not just uh, for house of representatives or senate uh, they can also vote for uh, Utah Senate, you know, for, for, for their party. Um, and then once, uh, and gosh, I, I, you know, next time I should have like a, a billboard or something like right? that. We need a whiteboard. It, yeah, whiteboard. It's a little bit, it can be a little overwhelming to understand how that's all organized, right? So the state is separated into House, Utah House legislative districts. And in the political party, that's that's one of the the major bodies of organization um so you have a, a utah house district and within those districts you have your voting precincts which are exactly like what, what you said your neighborhood voting precincts that maybe i'm not sure what the numbers are in each precinct each house district has about forty-three thousand total voters in it so so we just went through redistricting, right? The Utah House, because of the census, excuse me, we drew all the lines in Utah. And drawing one house boundary would be pretty easy, but when you have to draw all of those, I think there are 75 in the house, it gets a little more confusing. It gets a little more tricky, right? To make sure that those are all balanced out number-wise. So, and in the, in the Republican Party, Legislative districts have leadership. They have a legislative district chair and vice chair, and, and typically a secretary. And they serve as part of the, the central committee for the, the, the county party. Um, and in Weber County, the legislative district chairs serve as the, on the central committee for the state party. So that's kind of how the party governance works. And then you go down to your precincts where you elect your delegates, your state delegates and your county delegates. So for my race, for Utah House District 10, we're just, we're all in Weber County. Every voting precinct that encompasses District 10 is in Weber County. So my election will be decided or the primary election and who the nominee will is, is will be decided at county convention. And um, then the district right next to us is District 11. And that's currently held by Kelly Miles. Kelly's district covers Weber County and Davis County. So because it's a multi-county race, his his delegates will be state delegates and they'll vote at the state convention as to who will be their their nominee for that seat. So it gets a little confusing, but you pretty much nailed it, right? Um, <laughs> I, I, I hope I did. <laughs> yeah, you did. So we meet in our precincts to, to select who we want to represent us from our neighborhood to, to go to those meetings so that we don't necessarily have to, right? We delegate that responsibility to someone to vote for us on our behalf at the convention, at either the state or the county convention. And, and I think it's a really powerful process, right? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is a powerful process because like I said in the beginning, um, you know, being a state delegate is basically just exactly like you said, the people delegate to that individual to be able to vote for capable individuals, uh, you know, such as yourself here in, in this case, uh, to uh, represent them, you know, uh, at, at the state level or um, uh, at, you know, in, in the, at the local level at the House of Representatives. So, so right. that's definitely and yeah, gosh, yeah. I, I wish I, I wish I would have a. A blackboard. You know, <laughs> <with the whiteboard. laughs> yep, I, <laughs> you actually explained everything. 
visuals are often helpful. So, and, and the delegates determine who goes to the primary or if there's only one can one candidate, then they determine who was, who goes to the general election, right? So, and it depends on, on the voting thresholds of each county, how that kind of is determined. So now people can completely circumvent the caucus and convention system by gathering signatures and get themselves placed directly on the primary ballot. So, um, uh -huh. um, I have been I have been a, um, a state delegate for let me see. Gosh, eight years. And I did think. you get reelected this week? Um, I, I didn't, but I know somebody that that got uh, elected. And then I can definitely um, let you know who you know who the person <laughs> is, um, and uh, I have already uh, talked to uh, talked to her about you and everything. Oh, so, nice. but, but, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, go Jill Crawford. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so, so anyway, so Jill, now um, you are you're a candidate for for the House of Representatives. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, we, we've talked before, you know, and we've met at the Lincoln dinner, um, you know, which is uh, another of the um, um, the uh, responsibilities of the state delegates to do. Um, uh, I go to the Lincoln dinner also because, you know, I just love to network with everybody. It's, uh, it's, fun. it's a great event. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it's fun. So um, <clears throat> as far as uh, being a candidate, um, what are the things that, that you look forward, uh, you know, uh, as a, being a, a member of the house? Well, so in Weber County right now, we have seven representatives in the, in the state house of representatives. We have seven seats. One of those seats is currently held by a Democrat in Weber County and that's house district 10. So, so that essentially cancels out a vote, meaning that Weber County is only getting five votes in the Utah House of Representatives. Because we're a supermajority and, and, and our current representative isn't given really a seat at the table, right? Because she's not part of the, the majority caucus or the majority um, or the supermajority of the Republican Party. I think that it's critically important for us to have all seven of those voices. And so for me, that's one of the biggest things that matters to me. I want to be the voice, one of those strong voices for Weber County at the state legislature representing our Utah values and our conservative principles. Fantastic, fantastic. So um, when when you and I spoke at the Lincoln dinner, um, I made you a couple of questions and uh, you know, we just need, need to make sure that, you know, um, uh, that, you know, we are also, you know, on the same page and everything like that. So, um, and I also mentioned, you know, several issues that um, are currently going on with, uh, um, you know, in the House of Representatives and, um, you know, uh, us as conservatives really concern us uh, so much that, um, uh, and, and I'm just going to be very, like, I don't know, very inviting, very uh, in encouraging, you know, because you are running for office and I, I, I salute you for that, you know, for, for what you're doing. <laughs> you. uh, it's a little and, terrifying, I won't lie. It's a little terrifying, but also really exciting. So, yeah, it's a good thing. 
yeah get outside of our comfort zone sometimes (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's for sure so so as a a member of the house of representatives I, i would i would invite you um to and encourage you to um uh, look and, and I'm sure you've done this. You know that that's why you're running. Uh, look, look in in inside of of your of your beliefs, um, and uh, uh, you know definitely uh, always remember those uh, uh, beliefs of you know of honesty and uh, um, um, of of following the Lord Jesus Christ. You know uh, whenever you make decisions. Um, you know, uh, at the floor, um, and also um, see influences uh, outside of yourself. You know, people surrounding you, in order to vote for something that's not appropriate, uh, something that is not constitutional, something that's not uh, according to nature. Um, you know, because you and I know, uh, and I, I don't know your religious affiliation or anything like that, but but I'm sure you believe in God, right? Uh, and uh, you you do have your your core values and everything like that. So, uh, you know, I, I would invite um, and encourage to uh, look at that as a source of uh, um, uh, making core decisions. You know, when you know when voting for something that will that will benefit the state. You know, as far as I have a pocket constitution and I plan to keep this close to my, close to me with every decision that I make. Um, I believe that our rights come from God and not from our, not from our government and that our constitution defends those rights. And so this is the litmus test for me. What does the constitution say? Are we limiting government? Are we expanding government? Are we trampling on individual rights? Are we protecting individual rights? Those are the questions and the and the things that I will constantly be asking myself as I make decisions and and push for legislation that that reels back our government that even takes that control from the federal government. I think we see a lot of federal over, overreach right now, and and the the powers not specifically identified in this document for, as the federal government powers belong to the states. And, and we need to remember that in Utah. And I think that it's time to say to the federal government, no, we've got that here in Utah. We can handle that here. So, so I think that that needs to be something that we, look, that we look at as we make decisions going forward. Oh my gosh, that, I'm sold. <laughs> I, I'm sold. <laughs> you got it. You, I mean, you, it's simple to you, me. You right? We, we yeah. look at the Constitution. It's simple. We defend and we look at the Constitution and we don't back down from that. And I think that we can do that respectfully. I think that we can be a strong voice for what we believe in and and have difficult conversations and ask yeah. the hard questions. And at the end of the day, if we disagree with it, one another, we can still be friends. You know, I, I have dear friends that are Democrats and I respect and value their input and their decision. I have dear friends that are Republicans and we don't agree on everything. Uh-huh. In fact, my oldest daughter said to me when I, I asked her if she would help out and be involved and maybe consider being a delegate. And she got online and read my website and said, you know, mom, I don't know if I agree with everything, with everything you've got on your website. And I said, well, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if we don't agree. What you need to ask yourself is, do you think mom's the best candidate? And if you think <laughs> I'm the best candidate and you can support me, then 
here we go. And if you think somebody else is the best candidate, then I'll probably have to take your car keys away. And I don't know, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, but, but it was a good conversation with my very um, opinionated, strong-willed oldest daughter who wanted to have a conversation and, and just be honest and say, mom, I think you're wrong on this. And I, it, it was a great conversation. So I welcome those things, right? We have to be yeah. able to have those conversations and we have to be able to be respectful and still strong in our convictions. And at the end of the day, she went to caucus night and wow. put her name out there and I'm super proud of her. Right. And, and she's oh. supportive of her mom. So, whew. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, that, that that's definitely fantastic, and I, I really love you know how straightforward you are. Um, you know, uh, I definitely commend you for that, and congratulate you for you know uh, being such a great example to your family. You know about what you're doing, and um, and and I'm sure they look up to you. You know for for doing this. And uh, I really, um, I really will help out whoever right now is a state delegate, um, you know, county, to county encourage. delegate. My race is a county delegate. Oh, county <laughs> delegate. Oh, okay. All right. Well, okay. So yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, good. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's um, it would be pretty much the same. You know, we we re we really need great people uh in, in office you know great people such as yourself you know you you are straightforward um uh, you are a great example to your family uh you work so hard uh in, you know in your business and in what you do um and uh, that that definitely you know sa says a lot about you so oh, so i appreciate that very fantastic cool. Fantastic work, fantastic work. Thank you. Um, and, uh, um, you know, just, um, and, and, and I say that because, uh, you know, as far as your history is concerned, you know, you mentioned, you know, uh, you were talking about certain, you know, things that were going on um, and you finally got tired of it. Then, you know, you get up, show up and, you know, start working towards it. And and that's, you know, not, not very many people do that, you know, and, and and and, and scary. What, what was that? I said that's because it's, it can be scary to put yourself out there, right? Yeah. So, but we can be brave. We can do hard things. Absolutely. And if yeah. there's anything that I've tried to teach my children is that they can do hard things. Yep i I agree with that one hundred percent. And uh, you know, and uh, I said that this is a, as an example because. Um, yeah, I mean, we didn't have very many people at, at the caucus meetings, and uh, it, it saddens me. Uh, it saddens me because everybody wants a change, but nobody wants to change. Um, you, and I, I wonder sometimes if people think that it's going to be a negative experience, right? Because so much in politics is divisive and, and negative, and yet we had a great conversation at our caucus night, and I dragged my oldest or my, my son who's 20. He's usually not around. He's a, he's a professional skier and I made him come to caucus night. He was actually in town and home and able to be there. And I think at the end of the day, he was really grateful. He was there. It was a good experience. Um, so I, the more that we can interact with our neighbors and bring people together, that's a positive thing. And if we can work hard as neighbors and as concerned citizens to tell people about the caucus system and be champions for it, then it becomes the best system out there, right? 
and and it yeah. allows for that grassroots involvement instead of people paying a lot of money to get signatures to circumvent oh. the delegates and get on the ballot that that makes me sad right it, it's the law of the land it's it it's legal and they can totally do that but if we as, as conservatives can work together to bring people out to caucus night to be respectful to have those conversations and get people involved and engaged then that benefits everyone right and it helps us maintain that grassroots momentum and involvement in the whole election process but i think we have to be willing to stand up and say to our neighbors come this is a great experience learn something it's not hard nobody's judging you everybody's just happy that you're there right and it's a snowy night. It was probably hard to get out, but I think we need to, all of us respectively, be talking about those things to our neighbors and saying, get involved. No matter what you believe, get involved. Exactly. Yep. And uh, that's the only thing that we got because for a change, you have to be involved. Um, if uh, something needs to happen within our country, and, uh, and, and I'm going to say something really sad that somebody told me the other day. We are getting the leadership that we got because of what we have done mm-hmm. or, you know, um, we're getting what we deserve because nobody's showing up and we're just making decisions um, out of the blue. And just because of mean tweets, you know, we have now somebody that's, um, uh, and, and I'm not condemning the mean tweets. I mean, those were definitely fun. <laughs> I, I don't know that that's as far as you know my, myself is concerned but um, well for me they were just words right for yeah. me it goes back to policy you can you can condemn people all day long based on their personality or or not and, you know and and unfortunately i think many people vote based on who they like not whose policies they like so i would hope that we could look at the policies at the at people's stands and at their values and at what drives them Right. And let, yeah. let's make decisions based on those things. Maybe not the silly things that they put on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Although I would take a mean tweet and $2 a gallon gas. I did say that at the Lincoln day dinner and I mean it Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but all day long. <laughs> I agree. You know, yeah. I, I would agree 100%. And, and I think, I think that governor DeSantis from Florida will run for for president. I mean, I, I, that's what I would love for that to happen. I mean, I've seen, I've seen his uh, videos and and things like that. And oh my goodness, he will be a very, very, very strong um, because we need somebody that's strong in office uh, to make great decisions and uh, somebody that, that will keep America great. And, uh, and I'm going to keep this, this hat, (laughs) Because right now America is America is not that great right now. Well, it, it is great. It is the most wonderful country in the world. You are free to do whatever you want. You can be what. And and another thing that I mentioned uh, in a, in one of my episodes is that America America is not racist. Um, America has been designed to be. Just like fertile, uh, a fertile field where you can plant anything you want. You know, if, if you go out there on the field, on, on, you know, on the farm, mm-hmm. and you plant a seed, 
the earth is not going to say, oh, you're Hispanic. You can't do that. Or, oh, you're, you know, whatever. The earth will give you what you plant. Oh, it, I love that analogy. That's a beautiful yeah. analogy, right? We all have that ability to plant and sow what we what we dream. Exactly, exactly, and, and and that's how we should look at the United States as we need to. We really need to see it for what it is, uh, a very fertile ground where you can go and make something great of yourself, and. And be fantastic at your skills, regardless of who you are. And uh, there's no oppression. You know, Michael Jordan right now is sitting at a, this nice mansion. He's not oppressed, right? <laughs> Oprah Winfrey, you know, she's uh, she has what, how many billions in the bank? and A couple. A couple <laughs> billions in the bank, and she's not oppressed. Right. You know, um, I'm Ignacio Valdez. I have a podcast. You know, I'm a small business owner and, you know, and I have a family here in the U.S. I have always wanted to be here to speak the language. I wanted to be part of the American society. I'm a United States citizen. I've, you know, I've done so many things that that the system has benefited me as an individual, uh, as a Latino, Mexican-American, you know, guy. Right. right. The system, the system benefits everybody. It doesn't just benefits uh, uh, a certain type of people. It benefits everybody. Right. You know, that's why everybody wants to come to America. Well, it was the, the collective greatness of the individual that made this country what it is, right? At some point, we were all immigrants. Mm -hmm. um, we all came here for a dream. Um, yeah and for a better life and for opportunity. And those are powerful words coming from someone as a first generation immigrant to this country. And I applaud you and all that you've done you. and, and becoming so successful. So yeah, I, like I said, I love that analogy. Anyone can plant a seed. The earth isn't going to decide, Oh, a woman planted that or a Hispanic planted that I'm not going to let that seed grow. That that's simply not the case. So that, that's a beautiful analogy. Oh, thank you so much. Well, uh, Jill, we, we have to wrap up for today. Uh, I definitely thank you, thank you, thank you so much uh, for being here on my podcast. Um, and uh, even more, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're doing, uh, putting yourself up there, uh, running for office. Uh, and like I said, it, this system benefits everybody. You know, Absolutely. and uh, it's benefiting you, uh, regardless of you know who we are, where we come from, and and everything. So, um, uh, some last words uh, for everybody. Just thank you so much for the opportunity to speak to you. It's been awesome. I appreciate it, and to speak to on on things that are near and dear to my heart. So, I appreciate the opportunity. All right, great. Thank you so much, Jill. I appreciate it. And uh, remember, guys, uh, this is the Natural Show. Uh, don't forget to uh, subscribe to my channel. And uh, we are now on YouTube uh, and doing all these uh, wonderful lives. And uh, also make sure to go to my website, www.thenachoshow.com. And we'll see you next time.